Guard the Lieutenant Wharf. You step into my regiment, please, and bring a tricorder with you. Hi, Captain. What do you make of that? I am puzzled, sir. The only detectable bioelectric particles are your own. You did not help. I did not. Welcome to the Readier Room, the only and longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast every week of the year. We're bringing you an episode of TNG, along with all the -the behind-the-scenes stories straight from the mouths of the babes that made that show. My name is Mitchell Mel, Chief Consultant of Services at Paramount. With me is my life partner, Brandon Hobbs, who is certainly a babe. Brandon, how are you doing? Oh, oh. Doing, doing pretty good. How's your little corner of paradise over there? Oh, well, you know, I've, I've hung some po- posters, uh, I got new curtains on the window, and um, mm-hmm. I make the most of it. Yeah, yeah. The the, the good thing about our arrangement, um, especially in light of recent events, is that we can't get monkeypox. Yes, that's true. I Normally we'd be, um, you know, in the at-risk group, but... Um, Very at risk. Right, but, you know, fate kind of worked itself out, and now, for once, we're on top. I uh, I will say, I do miss the days of gargling uh, random men's piss all night. I miss the days of um, sucking on prolapsed anuses. Mm-hmm. That, those were always a treat. You don't... It's like, uh, like an ice cream after baseball practice. Right, right. And, you know, the fr- it's just like squeezing your own lemonade, the freshest... Prolapsed anuses are the ones that you prolapse yourself. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta squeeze yourself. <laughs> oh man, uh, what's going on? What's going? You know what? You know what? This is a. Uh, this is. It's always been a political podcast. Right? E- well, everything's political. Everything's political, especially Star Trek. And it's it's like the people who say, you know, oh, new Star Trek's too woke, right? It's like what? What did you think it always was? It's always been woke. Right. I know, because on more than one occasion, I was the one who woke it up. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a kind of the we, menial we there, job. We there at the start. They used to give some of the, you know, the hands around <laughs> set. Go wake Trek up. <laughs> <laughs> Just start screaming and crying. We'd have that episode where all the, the, the black society was portrayed as, you know, tribal Africans. And, you know, the next week, go wake it up. Go wake it up. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what was I segueing into? Uh, uh, garbage can? I don't know. It's usually where my about, segue is. What's your favorite political story of, uh, of the last week? My favorite political story of the last week um, I guess yeah. I would have to say the unfolding, yeah, the continuing, continuously unfolding courtroom drama of the um, the hearings concerning the United States' uh, attempted coup of itself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I watch. I don't ask me why. I watch British TV, like British news. Oh, don't worry, because uh, it's I, uh, streaming on YouTube. I know exactly why. You watch British news. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, you can feel just a little <laughs> bit more superior. 
<laughs> it's quirky. You know, in British news, it's it's drier. It's a little more quirky. I love uh, the idea. But like, it's like watching. You don't get the humor. It's just a newscast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my point was that they, um, they've been spending a ridiculous amount of time on this stuff. And I haven't really been paying too much attention to it, despite, you know, it always being on in the background. Mm. Um, but it is, uh, it's it's kind of pathetic, in general. Well, I'm not usually one to just be a, uh, an LOL Trump guy. Like, that, that's not, as, but, that's not substan- substantive enough of a joke. But the idea of him, like, kind of you know, trying to reach over the, the, the back of the of the driver's chair and grip the steering wheel. <laughs> uh, it's just funny the the incompetency, the incompetence rather of the Secret Service. Um, just deleting their text messages and then being found out about it. It's uh, it's all just inherently comical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything about it, no matter how you approach the situation, is just completely ridiculous. Mm. But uh, my favorite story. Go on. Was AOC pretending to get arrested? I haven't heard this one. <laughs> well, she did get, quote, arrested, uh-huh. uh, but she pretended to get handcuffed. So there are like these photo. Basically, it was a photo op. There are these these photos of her um, and and Ilan Omar uh, being led away from a protest by police. And I don't know if Omar did this, too. I think she did. But um, AOC definitely did, where she placed her arms behind her back as if she were being handcuffed. Now, and is, it was only from one or two photos that you could see she was not handcuffed at all. I could have... I, this isn't like, oh, I'm preparing to be handcuffed. I was... They told me to put my hands behind my back. No. Okay. No, this was... Yeah, no, this, this was just like mid-walk. Like she decided to do that. At one point, she raised one of her arms up and waved at someone and then put it right back. Huh. As if she was handcuffed again. So, what, what, were, um, what were they doing that, that they were in this situation? I believe it was a um, an uh, an abortion protest, uh, like a, a a pro pro choice protest. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure why the police had to split it up. I, I didn't read that far into it because I I don't really care. Well, I think but, the answer uh, is because they're fascists. <laughs> no, this is pro choice. No, why they split it up? They split up the pro choice because they're oh, fascists. Oh, oh, oh. The, the police, that's okay. Yes, you're right. Actually, right. that that really tracks. That's a cab and all that. Right. They, right. Just, just, just two, two random cops, probably, probably just getting off of duty, and they're like, you know what we should do? Go harass protesters. I'm surprised they didn't shoot them. I'm surprised more people don't buy cop uh, uniforms and just break up protests for Are fun. Are you? Are you surprised by that? I have a feeling that's like specifically illegal. Oh, it, it, it certainly is. Uh, impersonating a police officer is definitely illegal, but, um, you know, it, it is some guy walks up, all right, all right, I'll move along. He's... I mean, I guess when you say I'm surprised more people haven't done it, I will have to agree, just like, technically, yes, I am surprised you don't hear about it ever. Right, right. It, it's it, not, it does seem I'm like not saying it's a good idea, I'm just saying I'm surprised more people don't do it. <laughs> You know what I think about often is doing doing that in hospitals, but like with like like the white lab coat and the scrubs. Okay. Now impersonating a doctor or a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A doctor. A doctor, of course, not a. Uh, can I go oh. off here? I a really, nurse. really, I'm gonna take 
potentially a bold stance and say I have <laughs> zero respect for nurses. No, no, not yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, look, obviously we have to qualify this. Not every nurse is a bad person, right? Right. Much like not every police officer is a bad person. However, a lot of the nurses are. are nine out of ten times. Nine out of ten times, they're like airheaded Stacys, who I don't know why they get into nursing, but it's like a thing for them. Like they're always like former cheerleaders. I, it's it's either that or like a a frumpy girl yes. that no one liked. Yeah, there's like there's like nothing in between. And it's amazing with the <laughs> frumpy I mean? ones because they're the ones that their own health is obviously in jeopardy. They're they're round, <laughs> like they they just look like they're Rotund. three steps out of the grave. And um, mm-hmm. this is the person that like I have to turn to. But no matter who it is, again, in ninety nine percent of the time, um. The nurse is just so ornery and reluctant to be of any assistance. Sure, sure, sure. And, and then, then there's like uh, this this sort of air of superiority, as if they're a doctor, right? When it's like, which I think feeds into you know, why they're so unhelpful. Yeah, probably. Um, but it's 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 like, I know, like you're a nurse. You don't. I know you don't have that much actual hard knowledge up in that uh, that empty fucking head of yours. I know it. So let's, you know, let's, let's cut it out and, and maybe you can take my blood pressure or something and get the fuck out of here. And then, and then, you know, there's two groups of people that I think we found over the past two or three years um, that never shut the fuck up about their jobs. So we got nurses. Right? We got nurses and then, and then like grade school teachers, right? Like mm. always on TikTok, always, always TikToking about what happened during their day. Um, you know the, the the nurses are like always dancing about how someone died. The the teachers are are always like, uh, I I I made my kids call me by my pronouns today. You know, <laughs> the, um, the thing is, and the, it's like, yeah, they're the only two jobs where like, like the the people who work them don't just shut the fuck up, do their jobs, and go home. Right, you know. I mean, I can at least, I have a little bit more respect for the grade school teacher, assuming, because in my experience, most of them don't seem to um, actively impede the people that they're working with, um, in this case, the students. Um, so, well, <laughs> I mean, of course, yeah, there's plenty of shit teachers and, and asshole teachers, but I don't think it's as high a prevalence as, as the nursing uh, profession. It's 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 not like an enraging customer service experience. Right. I will uh, I will say that most of the um, annoyance comes on social media, you know, after their job. Sure. Which is certainly yeah. annoying. Yeah, and, sure. And high on themselves, but um, it, in the time they're doing their job, I think nurses are a lot more offensive. Right. Right. Um, speaking of which, um, we got we got to get like segments going. You know, like we can have like like. Trans watch, and then you know, just little beeps like boop 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 boop. boop okay, well, we ju- we just finished our our weekly uh, misogyny segment, so it's, <laughs> it's time to move on. Have you seen the this? Um, I think this just started circulating today or yesterday, but there's um, some Reddit post on like I don't know our anarchy or something or something like that. Is this about, about the... how? Yeah, go on. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I want you to guess it. Go ahead. Is this the one where it's like, um, like how to prepare for the uh, the coming <laughs> <Yes>. genocide? 
<laughs> of trans people, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and my favorite part about the post, um, which I I would guess might also be yours, is that they immediately qualify it by saying not everyone needs to be a fighter. <laughs> oh god. Like, <laughs> Some of us can make art and and dance. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> I wanted, I, I there was one part I liked. It was a real throwaway, where they said something to the effect of "Go to the the preppers forums," which, by the way, is just a just a very funny <laughs> yeah. phrase. And, yeah, that's good. And um, ask them for advice on stockpiling and all this stuff. Yeah, but, yeah like, like but, types of ammo. Right, but at the very end, it's just as a stand, don't tell them you're trans. And yeah. uh, it's it's just so, uh, I don't know, tinfoil hat. Like, oh, if you tell these random people on the internet you're trans, they're going to they're gonna find you and, 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 and kill you. And, I mean, obviously the whole uh, post is batshit crazy, but I don't know. Mm. That kind of encapsulated it very, very succinctly to me. It's really, really funny. It's really funny because it's like, yeah, you can... I mean, I don't think it's true, but you could make the argument that, okay, yeah, maybe a lot of people just despise trans people, whatever. But the argument that they want to kill them all is right. really pushing it. <laughs> well, you see, when trans kids don't get access to um, affirmative <laughs> medical care, they uh, they basically kill themselves, and that that is genocide. Yeah, to a degree, you're killing a, a whole person who could have existed. Indeed. I, I think that right. there, and this isn't really a revelatory take, but I think that there's a um, a fundamental either misunderstanding or mischaracterization of the of a lot of the I don't know the, the transphobic people in that mm -hmm. a lot of them, especially with the, the the children stuff, are primarily motivated in uh, protecting the kids. Um, to say that they sure. would want to like literally kill them, genocide them is a uh, I think is not really understanding their position. It's yeah. It's what happens when uh, hyperbolic language is taken to a further extreme. Like this is literally genocide. Therefore, these people literally want to line line up all it's, these yeah, kids and, right, sh right. and shoot them against the wall. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It is. It is kind of this like this this slope where uh, people start saying like you know words are violence, and now all of a sudden again. Uh, genocide is being planned within two years. Um, Why two years? Is that the end of the uh, the presidential cycle? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Because that was the quote: two years is going to happen. Yeah. So, so the idea is that Trump's going to come back and, and institute a, like a like a, a, a tyrannical empire, like Star Wars. Wasn't which it? I'm, I'm sure. Wasn't it just six so, months ago where everybody was saying that people who believed that Trump could come back into power are you know, insane conspiracy theorists. Well, yeah, I mean, people have always been saying that, but ever since ever since Biden, you know, was inaugurated, it uh, it's been a conversation. You know, one side's like, "Oh, Trump's gonna come back and own the libs," and then another side is like, "You know, like that's not that's stupid. That's impossible. No one's gonna vote for him again." And then another side is um, shrieking, "Trump's gonna and, come uh, back and own the libs." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but this this genocide talk—it's it's really funny because um, it it really just reflects its projection. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? 
it's what these people would do to people who disagree with them if they could. Right. Right. So you have so absolute like, power. So the next logical step is <laughs> is a violent genocide. <laughs> right. 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 Whereas it's like no, I mean, I think most people are just disagreeing with your uh, uh, your your opinions and you know what uh, what certain laws should be and stuff like that. The thing is that when um, when they don't want to kill you when gays were vilified on mass and uh, gay marriage was illegal and um, you know there was uh, violence in some parts of the country that were more backwater. Mm-hmm. Even then, there was no genocidal push it was (laughs) it it ranged from people committing uh illegal violence and that that was persecuted to um a a quiet distaste which was also um sure bigotry but there was none of this government mandated murder (laughs) that uh (laughs) that they're dreaming of here right right yeah, no, and and there's another thing they they can't distinguish between between isolated incidents, isolated acts of violence from someone who um, can't control themselves, and you know society at large. So, but um, on that note, you know, thankfully the gays are going to become more vilified once again thanks to the spread of that monkeypox. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they've we're, we're really re- returning with a V. <laughs> it really makes me nostalgic. To uh, be walked outside and looked at like a leper. Haven't had that experience in, <laughs> in thirty years. It's it's fun, really. <laughs> I mean, you you remember back like uh, five hundred years ago when they tried to stone us, right? It's it's been a long time coming. Um, as have I, and uh, hopefully <laughs> we can get another. Uh, <laughs> Another Magic Johnson experience. Um, perhaps let's stick with basketball. Perhaps LeBron. I have monkey monkey pox, and uh, everyone's everyone says, "Oh, oh, LeBron, why did you have sex with all those men?" And he said, "I didn't have sex with all those men." And then the news conference, everyone gasps. Oh my God! And if it can happen to LeBron, anybody can get it. Now. I, it was <laughs> it was always my theory that Magic Johnson's uh, intense rivalry with Larry Bird kept him in in good health. Now I don't have anything mm-hmm. to back that up, but <laughs> where is this going? <laughs> what do you mean? It's just a theory. It's. it's... <laughs> do you ever have a thought? Do you okay, ever think? Okay. Have you thought well, a day no, in your I life? Just... We 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 go from we go from like AIDS to Larry Bird. The I mean, you should know this about me, that all things track back to Larry Bird, Larry Legend. Larry Bird is funny. Larry Bird, just by virtue of existing, looks more like a bird the older he gets. Yeah, yeah, which which is really, it really starts to make you think about, uh, you know, does he look like a bird because he was named Bird? Right. Um, I named my dog Bird, and uh, three years later, I just had a pet bird. It, it, it flew away. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, here's a question. Um, oh my god, I completely lost it. Where was I going? Awesome. That was, that was great. <laughs> oh, 
Larry Bird. Looks like a bird. Magic Johnson. <laughs> AIDS. Monkeypox. Come on. Oh, geez. I, I've I've lost it. I'm uh Charles Barkley. <laughs> You're now just naming basketball things. <laughs> now, rest assured, I do enjoy a good Charles Barkley. As I'm sure many people do. Charles Barclay. Oh. Mm. Barles Charclay. <laughs> that would be what his name would be if you switched the first letters of, of his first and last name. Hmm. Anyway. I'm really, really distraught that I forgot my point, because it was assuredly insightful and hilarious. Well, maybe you'll you'll uh, remember it over the next three hours. Right, so I can interrupt our discussion uh, on Deep Trek Minutia to say, um, <laughs> what, Larry Bird rhymes with turd, and <laughs> whatever um, level of nuance I would bring to the discussion. Mm-hmm. I bought, um, do you know what an Ebo is? Uh, is it like E-Bow? Mm, let me check. Yes. It's, um... Now don't look it up. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, no, I'm not looking it up. It's a bow... Uh, that you use to train your bow and, a bow and arrow skills that measures uh, the, the force with which you pull on it. That's a good guess. Not uh -huh. really, but no. Um, it's, okay, so let's. what are different meanings of the word bow? Um, well, there's, there's like the, the, the bow that you tie. Well, that's, that's a ribbon. No, but like a bow tie. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Huh. Gotcha. Well, I lose. Uh, I've lost the there's, podcast. Uh, there's a rainbow. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what's Bowie about that, but um, or rainy for that matter. Yeah. There's a. Uh, there's tie bow. You're not trying. What do you mean I'm not trying? Because you're, I'm talking about the word bow, and you're just appending bow onto other suffixes. <laughs> Alright, we'll fucking cry about it. I, I am. I mean, you can't see the tears <laughs> straining down my face from over there, but... Okay, well look, there's, 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 there's the bow and arrow, there's a bow tie, bow, okay. bow, 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 like that's it. What, what else is there? There's more, there's at least bowed one. legs. There's at least one more. And it's not bowed bow. legs. Think, think music. Oh, like uh, like a violin. Yes. So the the bow is the. Oh, I know this. Yeah. Vaguely. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, describe it. So the bow, which uh, just for just for the people at home, a bow is what you drag along the strings of a cello or violin. Um, to produce sound. What an Evo is, is a small apparatus that 
uh, you hold above the strings of an electric instrument and causes them to continuously ring out to sustain. And um, it creates a different sound because there's no hard attack on what you're on the instrument you're playing. Rather, it's just a, a continuous vibration akin to a bow. So it's it's a which which is important because because guitars don't really have uh, very high defense. Exactly, you don't want to break it. Um, so I bought one of these, and uh, it's pretty neat. It's it takes some some learning and how to how to get the most out of it. I've found. Uh huh. Because the the angle at which you approach the strings, the distance, the um, actually the angle on several different axes can all affect the uh, the output. Mm-hmm. So it's something I've been monkey poxing around with. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, does it only work with certain kinds of strings or what? It needs to have a, um, a metallic pickup underneath where you're holding it. Oh, okay. So it, yeah. it works with any electric instrument, but it won't gotcha. work with, a, with an acoustic one. But uh, it's neat, and it's got a cool little LED light on it. Maybe even an, an OLED. <laughs> an OLED light. <laughs> um, cool, so you're going to record with it? Probably. I have i don't want to record with it just to record with it. I want to wait until I have it sounding in a you know uh, respectable manner until I'm using it well enough. So don't know what the timetable is on oh, that. First time for everything. What having standards? <laughs> <laughs> no, cool. I, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to hearing it. That sounds really cool. Have you heard of these before? These evos? I've heard I've heard of them. Yeah. yeah. It's a neat little thing. It might join my uh my thumb piano in the realm of things I bought and used once. <laughs> Two, oh uh, my right god! Next to your. Right next to your Zelda-themed ocarina. That's right. <laughs> I have to go off, though. That thumb piano that, that I bought? Tuning, uh, tuning that was the most laborious experience of my life. Do you know what these things yeah. look like? Um, I, I've, I've forgotten. So it's, but... it's basically like a series of metal rods held in place by a nut. And the length okay. of the rod before and after the nut kind of determines its pitch. Okay. And, you know, you just kind of, oh. like, flick each rod to, to make it uh, produce a note. But to tune it, they give you a small little hammer, and you just have to hammer in either side of the rod <laughs> to, to adjust its distance. And I'm talking, like, very, very minute adjustments. Right, right, right. But if you hit it softly enough, it doesn't really move the thing. So you have to, like, hit it hard, but not too hard, because then it'll go too far. And it's... So annoying. That that is the reason I have not used that thing more than once um, in a recording. It is bad. <laughs> That's uh, sounds like a hacking mini game. It kind of is, and it's. I mean, I, oh, I got to do this hundreds of times over the next fifty hours. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but you really feel like a like a dwarf tinkerer. With the the little hammer they give you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe you should um, uh, purchase the services of a dwarf. Yeah, just to sit on my shoulders all day. Well, no, no, no. He, he comes and visits and tunes your little piano and then leaves. 
Okay. Do I have to build? He's at a much better scale. Do, do I have to build a uh, a little door for him inside of my <laughs> yeah. regular door? <laughs> I call it my dwarf door. <laughs> have you ever met a dwarf fortress guy? Uh, no. I haven't. But I can imagine them. Well, that's the thing. I don't know what image I should attach to the Dwarf Fortress guy. Because on one hand, you certainly need a healthy dose of autism to sure. to indulge in that kind of, uh, I don't know, chicanery. But by the same token, they're probably pretty chill guys. You know? Maybe, maybe yeah. The- well, they're, they're they're certainly not in it for anything but uh, but the joy of it. And it's it's a such a niche thing that they they can't be you know so worked up about it. Like it takes a lot of intention to get into Dwarf Fortress that mm-hmm. um, it has to select for a certain personality type. And I imagine the Dwarf Fortress archetype, Dwarf Fortress guy archetype. Is autistic yet enjoyable? Spurgy yet refined? Yeah. Well, you never. There's there's a really fine line between like uh, annoying autistic and like cool autistic. You know. Yeah. Even even if we're talking about like someone who's not part of some weird sex uh, like blue hedgehog fan base. Yeah. We, or you basically the same thing. <laughs> On that note, I've uh, I've really wanted to try out this Rim World. You know, I've seen that. I've seen that lying around that Rim World. It's basically just it's it's a more graphical uh, dwarf fortress in space, I guess. But... Wasn't wasn't it the name of the club we used to go to in the nineties? <laughs> you come to think of it, <laughs> you'll never guess what they did, did there. A lot of dunking. A lot of one on one basketball. <laughs> So what what appeals to you about it? Oh, I mean, it's just uh, it's it's kind of like it's 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 very open ended. You know, you create your little guys, and I guess you uh, you try not to to have your civilization destroy itself. Um, but there's like a lot of different stats. It's kind of neat looking. I don't know, but it's it's always like thirty five bucks. It's oh, never on sale. What's the best part of the game? Oh, it's got stats. Okay, all right. Well, you know what I mean. It's 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 sort of like The Sims, where it's like you just you just. It seems like the kind of game where I mean, obviously it's it's more involved than Sims, but it seems like the kind of game that you just play to see what the fuck happens to your guys. Yeah, you just simulate kind of just something like uh, real time storytelling. I was I was gonna make you and then see if I could clone you and kill you off several times. That's that's how my Sims games have run forever. Um, I put two of us <laughs> in the same house, and then if those Sims ever run into each other, I go through great pains to to exterminate them. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make sure it uh, it accurately reflects real life. Exactly. So it's um it's like I'm running an experiment. <laughs> that's how we've been able to stay apart for so long we've uh covered all the possibilities
All right, so uh, Star Trek? No, no, not yet. Um, <laughs> I've I have not had my fill of meaningless drivel. <laughs> well, I mean, nothing's going on. What else is there? Um, so I was sending a text message. You can't see from beyond the corner. There. Oh my god! Get off your phone. Well, I sent it with a time delay, so it'll actually you'll receive it in in you know roughly three hours. Okay. Um, now, I, it, it close your ears. I got to tell the audience this. Um, All right. The the contents of the message just say made you look all right you can open your ears all right i'm good yeah are your ears open yeah yeah good. i uh i'm eagerly anticipating your message uh, yes now um i've re i regret to inform the world the audience myself that i've fallen off the train did it hurt oh god yes i broke <laughs> several bones but i am i'm back to drinking Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> uh, so what was it, like a week? No, no, no. It was actually closer to three. Oh, well. Yeah. And um, I still don't avail myself of, you know, sugary breakfast snacks. But I am drinking coffee again. And I Well, that's good. I mean, yeah, the scones were probably uh, not helping. No, no. But now you can talk to me, which is nice. I mean, we've been in a perpetual state of not talking in those days where I have not right, had coffee. Right. <laughs> your, uh, your, your mug uh, had never been filled, so it could never be emptied. Exactly. And, um, you know, it's it puts a real strain on a relationship to not be able to communicate. Yeah, yeah. To not, to not be able to talk. <laughs> right. Now, I, I, I walkie, I talkie, I drinkie my coffee. <laughs> okay, now I feel as though I'm ready for Trek. With with that with that albatross off of my neck. That monkey <laughs> off my back. Is that an albatross? <laughs> well, it's not an eagle. Nor a birdie or, you know, whatever. A falcon. A boogie. A, uh, a spook. Now, we haven't reached our racism segment yet. I, I would appreciate <laughs> you to not cross the streams. Which is a... Um, you know you know what, uh, what kind of bird I, I, I hate? I can guess this. It's not because of the bird itself, because of the name. Of the uh, bird. A. A. Uh, it's not a tit, is it? No, it's not a tit. That's funny. Okay. Um. Uh. A blue-footed booby. <laughs> I'm not convinced that's real, but I could see it being. But no. I believe it is real. Yeah, right in the Middle East. Yeah. <laughs> Got there before I did. <laughs> anyway, what what bird do you hate? Great, great conversation. Uh, the, the the egret. Now, is this because of um, Adam Egret? No, no. There's just there's something about and and you can tell me if this is projection, which I'm sure it is. There's something about the name Egret that makes it sound like a like a side villain in a Paper Mario game that like everyone 
on on like uh uh like the IGN board for Super Paper Mario would love and like never stop posting about. Okay. It's a very right? specific feel, but I feel it. Do you get it? I do. There 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 is a certain a certain type of autist that came into existence around the time of the GameCube. You know? Yeah, I think about this somewhat frequently. The GameCube <laughs> being such a um, outwardly friendly console in its visual design, and obviously with the the cadre of Nintendo characters following behind it, um, is a topical very, word. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a very um, easy purchase for a special child. <laughs> and then somebody predisposed to it led into the this this world of um, you know identifiable things to latch on to is just a breeding ground for um pathologies sure yeah yeah and you know what there's something too uh in particular about uh, about fire emblem at that time um that's not where i would have gone fire emblem huh? where i know i know surprising but i i can't see anyone who enjoyed fire emblem on the game boy advance or nintendo gamecube i can't see them as human what do you see them as uh less than human well, that makes it easy to genocide. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's just that 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 particular like set of uh, the five six years for that franchise. Just uh, I don't know. To to me, Fire Emblem didn't really grow to, or Fire Emblem fans, I suppose, grow to intolerable levels until the uh, the DS and the 3DS when it became well, okay. So the issue there, though, is like not. Sorry. Now, now we're approaching the like the time of the ironic weeb. By that point, right? yeah, so yes, they kind the, of overlap there. Yeah, but that's a group that is also truly intolerable. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, but w- what I'm saying is, I think there's significant crossover there. Okay. So it's like, if if like they're not Fire Emblem fans per se, they're they're fans of um of, of anime, anime art, styles. anime people. Yeah, yeah, like anime people kissing or whatever. Yeah, that's fair. And then they're like, oh, I'm gonna pair up, ship these characters and make them have babies. Right. Right. You know, except for the the, the, the dragon and girl who is uh, for Petos. Uh, and I'm gonna post on Twitter about that every day, about how evil that character is. Yeah. In, in, in just the inherent design. Yeah, but I mean, you know, when you're a, uh, a centuries-old immortal... To what extent is uh, is pedophilia relevant to you? Well, yeah, they just don't understand. Right. Much like parents. <laughs> well, the parents definitely don't understand, especially when they catch me uh, in their child's room. <laughs> you, you remember that song, that news uh, news interview that was made into a song, They're Raping Everybody Out Here? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, that may or may not have been inspired by uh, events local to me. <laughs> wow, it's Tokyo, Japan, huh? That that news story uh, was inspired <laughs> by my life. Well, <laughs> I do often the 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 song version of that uh, pops up in my head very very often. It's quite catchy. I've thankfully forgotten it. 
Oh, do, do you want to? Do you want to hear it? No, no, I don't. No. <laughs> that was uh, a lifetime ago. That was like on the. That was that was on the cusp though of like normal people coming onto the internet and kind of like ruining it. Yeah, but it was still at a point where um, you could sing about the fact that they're raping everybody out here and uh, nobody would <laughs> yeah, mind. That's true. That's true. I guess in that way it was a, a different time. I have it stuck in my head again. Until that, until that. Well, the audience should um, should play it for themselves right now while we sit in silence. Yes. And uh, they can assume that it's stuck in our heads. What, a, what is it, a three-minute song? We'll wait. <laughs> we'll give you 30 seconds to look it up and then an additional three minutes for it to play out. And then five minutes to take it all in. Think about it. <laughs> Absorb its message. Uh-huh. Um, so we got a question of the week. By virtue of it being oh, one again? of one of the weeks of the year, oh. I'm I'm excited for the episode that takes place um, outside of one of the 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 society's stated years, so that we don't have to do the question of the week segment. Yeah, I know, I know, coming. Yeah. So this week's question of the week comes from James A. in Bel Air, California, who asks, "Dear Admirals." It says dead admirals here, but I think it he says. Made... I was gonna say you, you wrote dead admirals here. Oh, <laughs> well, I didn't write this, but James did, and I think he made a typo. Um, I assume it's dear admirals. Uh, how did you guys find the name Jeffrey's tube? And for anybody who doesn't know, the that's part of the ship on the Enterprise. There's Jeffrey's tubes. It's a thought that lives in my mind day and night. Also, could a rotund man fit in such a tube? Perhaps to be cradled like a fetus, snug, warm, safe, and secure. Floating and rotating as his own girth traps him in place, rendered immobile, like his fat could be rendered in a hot saucepan. Imagine, if the tube turned at a 90 degree angle, then what would happen? Would our larger cohort be stuck again? Would anyone find him? Would anyone ever know? Or, would they eventually chance upon a skeleton in a decrepit uniform bearing the communicator of a bit engineer, yet unnamed in the eyes of the bridge crew, who wouldn't dare traipse around with the locals? Would a spirit live on, or perhaps live yet, as a vengeful ghoul? A specter of engineers caught in tubes too thin for their immense girth that nevertheless they were shoved into in the name of routine maintenance? Are Jeffrey's tubes that labyrinthian? If I was stuck, would I truly never be found? <laughs> Thanks for the question, James. That's actually pretty good. We get that a lot because the name of the Jeffrey's tube has uh, an apocryphal story attached to it about some guy named... Uh, Jeffries, but really, and I want to shed some light on the truth here. The the tubes were named after Jeffrey the giraffe of Toys mm. R Us fame. You remember Toys R Us, right? Oh yeah, when right. I was way back in the day. Right, that was back when Toys M I. Anyway, the tubes are long and thin, and so was Jeffrey's neck because he was a giraffe. So long neck, long tube, Jeffrey's tube, and now you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the uh, the ensigns understand that. Right. Uh, I know that long and thin are both four letter words, but I hope it's okay if we talk about them here. <laughs> they're also two words most Star Trek fans are unfamiliar with. Well, they're quite intimidating. Um, I know that the mere mention of the word thin has the potential to trigger <laughs> many a Trekkie. And uh, you know the the the, the word long. Uh... 
probably sparks visions of uh, uh, their, their wife's bull. Now, what do you mean by that? Uh, like their wives own a own a large bull. Yeah. 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 Now I get owning a cow because you can monetize that and sell the milk. And no, the, no, and the no, children. no, no. What you're supposed to do, you get a you, you get a bull, you get a bull. Okay. Okay. You do, do um, I take it by the horns? In 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 <laughs> in much the same way you milk the cow, okay. right? You milk the bull, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Just from a different spot. It's and horns? then you sell that. I was told no. I was supposed to take it by the horns. Is this a lie? <laughs> Both you and I know that's not where you took the bull. Well, I mean, I took the bull behind the local Applebee's, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> the, um... What was I going to say? Toys R Us really, really, uh... Really lost it, huh? Yeah, they shit the bed. To think Did that... You, it, 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 that they couldn't keep up with the demand for kids to have toys... <laughs> had you like walked into a Toys R Us in the couple years before they started closing them all? No, no, I uh I did not. Did you? Yeah, uh several times actually and they were just overwhelmingly depressing. Why is that? They, they just don't make cool toys anymore. What do they make? Just like thumbtacks and paper clips? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know, like the 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 toys are just dumb. The properties that they make the toys based off are dumb. Do, now, do they come There's alive no, like, when you're not cool looking? Guns. No, they they actually took that uh, functionality out of them after the uh, the incident a couple years ago. Ah, jeez. Do they still have like big um, rubber dinosaurs that that flop around when you shake them? No. Well, then what the hell are they doing? Do they still have boppets? Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they don't have boppets. Bow pits, at least? The thing is, all of the cool toys that, like, used to be for kids back in the day are now, like, uh, upsold at, like, $30, $40 at, like, specialty to- special uh, specialty stores for, um, for neckbeards, you know? That's true. So it's, like... It's like as a kid, I would go to the store, spend five dollars on like a. Well, I guess it was probably less than that. You know, this was way back in the day. But um, well, back back when I was a you kid, know, you know, we were playing. You spend with, you spend with stone wheels. <laughs> you spend a few dollars on an action figure. Now it's like, okay, if your kid wants a cool like Star Wars guy, you're going you're going to be spending twenty to thirty dollars on on one guy. So it's like. Also, if you want want a Lego set, you got to wrestle it out of the hands of some, you know, forty year old yeah. Reddit moderator. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess those have always been expensive, but it's like now you're looking at ones that are like five hundred dollars a pop. My my favorite is the uh, the guy, and there's many guys who followed this trajectory, but the guy who um, he go he buys a. Uh, a, an expensive Lego set says to his wife, "Oh, this isn't for me. It's to, to build with our children when we have some." Ha ha. Mm-hmm. 
And then, mm-hmm. then he's like, oh, we had a kid. I can finally build the Millennial Falcon. And uh, is, is this a guy you made up? Or was no, this, this is a real for... guy. It's a real guy. I've seen this guy uh, at least two or three times. And, that's uh, awesome. It, it's just a confluence of being aware enough. Oh, I can't possibly say that this is something I want to do because I'm an mm. adult and adults shouldn't be spending all their time and money building Lego. But it's still. But I'm gonna embrace that anyway and just make an excuse of, of of my firstborn child. It's so pathetic. Imagine, imagine not being able to say to your wife, "Okay, I'm gonna do this," and you can't really say anything about it or do anything about it. There you was a, there was another similar example with uh, with magic cards. There's a shop, an online shop that has an option. <laughs> um, select this option, and we'll put a note in your order that says you won these items in a raffle for free. Wow. So that you can oh lie to God. your spouse about uh, spending money on, on, on cards. That is insane. Insane. If I bought some magic cards and my wife like got an attitude about it, slap her. There's it, only two possibilities here. Either you're in a spot where you can afford it, in which case your wife doesn't have a, a leg to stand on, or you're in a right. spot where you can't afford it, in which case you need to fucking wake up and not waste all <laughs> your money on frivolities. You've probably seen this particular thread because there's a very specific one um, about the Lego Millennium Falcon, about how the guy um, basically uh, was like seeking his wife's permission to get it for like months, I guess. Yeah. And then finally she acquiesced and he had this like long Reddit post about it. <laughs> can you just imagine? Can you can you imagine every day walking up to your wife, honey, please. It's the Millennium Falcon. Please. I, I never even had that experience with my parents as a kid, like asking my mom <laughs> for something all the time. <laughs> but I imagine the post is like Well no, she would she would just show up and slide it under your door. Hey oh. But I, it's on our Lego. A thank you to my wife. There's six paragraphs. Mm. Oh. oh my god. Yes. You know what? I, I hadn't really considered these like a genre of threads, but they are, and they're wonderful. People that are just... I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's something I blame more on them than their wives. Of just sure. allowing this to happen. Well, and, in a relationship, it's almost never the woman's fault. And I mean that sincerely. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of talk from uh, feminists of, you know, men that are children and just want to find somebody to be their mother. And then mm-hmm. you look at things like this, and you, all you think is, wow, you're completely <laughs> right. This is, this, <laughs> yeah. this is an entire genre of guy. In, in the back of his head too it's like he's embarrassed by it and that's probably why he also he also wants the wife's permission too it's like oh see i'm i'm not doing anything stupid My i'll tell you what though yeah. i really want that 800 dollars titanic well you see well, that thing let me tell you you're not allowed to buy it <laughs> can't say anything if you can't see it over here <laughs> I'll use a mirror to check around the corner. If I see a, a scale model Lego of the Titanic, I'm going to flip my shit and burn down the apartment. Like, like, how, like, like how a woman uh, first looks at her own vagina. 
I this is not something I'm at all familiar. What is that something that happens? Well, yeah, women can't, obviously women can't see it like very well. Right, but is this? Do they just right? take a mirror to it on the reg? Yeah, it's like a common thing. Yeah, well, not on the. I don't know if it's on the reg, but it's like at some point, obviously, you'd be curious about it. Well, have you done that with your own asshole? Yes. <laughs> what? What I, do you mean, what? I mean, I've never investigated my own asshole. I mean, yeah, like as a kid, at some point, you're like, I wonder what my asshole looks like. No, what? I've had more of a tactile exploration than anything else, but not a... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> a mirror has never been involved. Are, are, you, are you just... Are you afraid that you'd uh, you'd become too scared of it? To play around with it if you saw it? <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't be able to resist its temptation? The siren song? <laughs> just start getting mad you can't fuck your own ass. Uh, I, I, I wish my penis was longer so I could fuck my own ass. Hit my yeah, own. you just keep trying to shove it like flaccidly into your your butt. Nothing sounds worse than um, trying to trying in vain to to penetrate um, a tight asshole with a uh, a flagging penis because it's just awkward and someone's like, just put it in. I, mean, I can't. I have ED. Can't well, I mean, my, my penis <laughs> in. <laughs> You say it like knuckles too. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> then, then you and the and, and the group to start laughing because every homosexual on the planet is well versed in Sonic Adventure. <laughs> well, no, the, the, the guy you're trying to fuck is like, uh, actually, he says no way, and then you're like, no, he says it like this in Sonic Adventure too. Hold on, I feel like I've had this exact discussion. Maybe, yes, maybe not mid-coitus, but this is... <laughs> we've had this discussion before. This is a true um, uh, Mandela effect moment. <laughs> oh, speaking of the Mandela effect, have we talked about Picard's crystal? No. I'm sorry. So, hold on. I, th I have something for you here, I think. Is it trivia? Is it trivial? It's it's trivial. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Star Trek, did Picard hold a crystal in over 70 episodes? I'm sorry? Did Picard hold a crystal? That's the question. Uh, yes, did Picard hold a crystal in over 70 episodes? I mean, Do you he... remember Jean-Luc Picard, the captain of the Starship Enterprise from the Next Generation, having a large crystal on his desk, which he often played with as if it was a set... If it, if, as if it was acting as a set of worry beads. Worry beads, mind you, not anal beads. Nor uh, rosary this was apparently beads. In over se <laughs> yeah, this is apparently in over 70 episodes, yet most people, including hardcore, hardcore Star Trek fans, claim to have never noticed it. I mean, I obviously I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I also know you wouldn't be asking if, um, it, uh, if it wasn't true. Well, no, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about either. Oh, what else is new? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna Google but like, TNG Picard's crystal. TNG Picard crystal. 
I need TNG because I don't want to confuse with all the other Picards. Um, yeah, there's a, a whole article on it. On Memory Alpha. And it's a picture. A crystal was a regularly ordered solid mineral. Fucking hate fans. So much. <laughs> Breasts were... For, for the amusement of men exclusively. Uh Wait, hold on. This article just seems to be about crystals in general, and not Picard's crystal. (laughs) Okay, there's some uh, uh, episodes mentioned here where this happened. Conspiracy, where silence (laughs) has lease. Um, Those are the ones that we've covered so far. William Riker also played with it on occasion. There's a scene in Gambit, mm-hmm. part one. Hey, hold on. I, I got a video here. Oh my god. Oh my god. Tell me that this, this screenshot is from like a Mandela Effect compilation website. It is. Yes, it is. I don't think this is a Mandela could you, could you, effect. Could you tell by the uh, by the seventy five point four eight percent affected up top? Jesus, a minor detail is is suddenly the Mandela effect. Did you know gaming? You can't is, tell me is you... all the Mandela effect. <laughs> you can't you can't tell me you uh, you knew about the crystal. I you didn't know about the crystal. I'm not fronting. I didn't know about it. Don't front. I'm not fronting. Don't tell me I'm fronting. Oh well, you learn something new every day. This will be another entry in my uh in the Star Trek iceberg I'm putting together. <laughs> You're gonna make a three hour YouTube video on it? Yeah. I mean one you know, 10, 15 minutes will be about the iceberg, and the other two hours, two and a half hours, will be me uh, napping. <laughs> you have to talk in, like, a really nasally disgusting voice the entire time. I could talk like the foot lettuce guy. <laughs> Star Trek iceberg. Top layer. Did you know that Picard had a crystal on his desk? <laughs> He held the crystal in over 70 episodes. <laughs> Number two. Riker's secret, tr- secret twin brother. Secret. Secret. <laughs> Bottom layer. Jonathan Frakes ate an onion bagel every day. He said that it heightened his sexual prowess. <laughs> Do you know that that guy is a rapper? Well, I'm sure he raps. Well, anybody can be a rapper these days. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's amazing to me because um, he his rapping just sounds like that voice. Like it's very clearly him. Um, oh he doesn't take on a new affect. <laughs> that sounds fucking miserable. Yeah. And of course, he's one of those rappers that just purchases a beat from somewhere and, you know, 
Oh, totally. Yeah. Talks over it. Right. Like, I've never gotten that about rap. It's like people are just so okay with just like not even making their own beats. Right. What's what's the enjoyment of it? Not only the enjoyment, but it's like, what am I getting out of this? Hearing the same fucking beat, copy and paste it across all these different songs. Yeah, I mean it's it's hollow on several levels. Yeah. Oh well. Well, well, well. Um, so I want to thank James for his question. Um, it was a very good question. If you're like James, you want us to answer your question, send your question. You want to be a good boy. You want to be a good boy, then send us the email at thereadyroom.gmail.com to capital T to cap, capital R's. And uh, you can tweet at us at the Ready Room. We'll answer your question there, too. So it's become customary for us to take a break. Mm-hmm. But this episode is no exception. We'll be back. And we're back. Welcome back. Me. Welcome back. Thank you. I welcomed myself back. You welcomed me back. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. 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 And welcome back to the Ensigns. Yeah, we love the Ensigns. Um, we the Ensigns have been unspoken, have been not spoken of for for a little bit, but uh, they're always there, like like a like a young ghost boy in our walls. They're eternally present. <laughs> Thank God for that. Thank God for that. The Ensigns have left quite the legacy, not unlike this week's episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Which is called Legacy. Right. It did not leave much of a legacy, but it is called it Legacy. It certainly didn't. <laughs> uh, why is it called Legacy? Who knows? Your guess is as good as mine. It asks the important question, what if Tasha Yar had a sister? Which I know was <laughs> on all of our minds. Ever since she bit the bullet. <laughs> well, I'm sad she died, but uh, maybe they can get her sister on board. <laughs> they, the ways of bringing Yar, or the name Yar, back into the show grew increasingly more outlandish as the years went on. Just, <laughs> And yes, it does get to the point where it's absolutely insane. Yes. God, I'm really looking forward to Romulan Tasha Yar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's always pathetic. I, I really love how in every one of these episodes, too, there's like a character who is like, um, you know, it's either Yar herself or another character who like is connected to her. And they're like, how did she die? <laughs> and then like another character just has to say a goo monster just killed her because he wanted to, I guess. I, 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 speaking of the Romulan Tasha Yar, I want to highlight one scene, which to <laughs> me is the, uh, the apex of ridiculousness in TNG. You always want to talk about episodes that we're not talking about. Funny thing that, um, and in this, in this scene, Data, Picard, and Spock confront <laughs> Romulan Tasha Yar. And the confrontation is ended when Data has a Vulcan nerve pinch. He mm-hmm. does that to the Romulan Tasha Yar. Spock comes over, cocks an eyebrow, and says, not bad. And uh, <laughs> they all just kind of run away. And just, I don't know why, but this scene is 
He's just ridiculous. I think the funniest thing about Romulan Tasha Yar is that um, Yar supposedly um, es- escaped a life of um, you know running from from rape gangs every day, only to eventually just be raped. Oh, it's a uh, and, flat and that, that was like her lasting her lasting that was her legacy right there. <laughs> she was always destined to be raped. If you think it really recontextualizes yesterday's Enterprise. It does, um, doesn't it? <laughs> where where Tasha's like, I just, I I shouldn't be here. I must go through. I know something's waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly was, bitch. She she Dumb meets bitch. that one uh, commander, captain, whatever. Uh, and they, they have this romance. And it's like, oh, I, I must... We must be together. We'll go through the the wormhole together. Mm. And it's like he gets murdered and she gets raped. And <laughs> Guinan's like, you shouldn't be here, Tasha. You must go through. <laughs> you must be raped. <laughs> no, this is back when um, you could laugh about rape on uh, on television. Yeah, yeah. It was funny back then. Right. I mean, it still is, but you have to pretend it's not. In this episode, every time Riker says the phrase rape gangs and, and has a chuckle with it, um, we'd have to act those completely differently today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, where was I, where was I going with this? Uh, well, first we should talk about the, the episode Legacy oh, and uh, oh, how you felt about it. I didn't like it. Um, you didn't like it. I I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it that much. It's not a very interesting story. And while I'm always on board for a focus on data, this is ostensibly becomes a data episode. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really do anything compelling with, with the character. Sometimes it's a yeah. Sometimes yeah. Data's lack of emotion and flatness kind of serve to uh, highlight his position. Like where, for example, at the end of the most toys, the best episode, um, mm. where Fajo kind of accuses Data of you know, getting revenge and taking delight in it, as the audience would, and Data says, "Oh, I don't really feel." delight about anything i'm not happy about this revenge and that kind of like creates a poignant moment a disconnect between the emotional journey that the audience is set up on and um data's lack of of feeling anything and then in this episode it's more portrayed as data actually feeling heartbroken and betrayed and disappointed which matches what the audience is feeling um perfectly and at that point it doesn't play to any strength of data's because you could do that with any character well i i I somewhat disagree in that uh well first of all i think i think maybe the episode does kind of portray it like that in the way scenes are shot okay in the dialogue it's very explicitly making sure the audience knows that data is not necessarily emotionally attached to to people or situations um but also i think tng as a whole is a constant 
very slow marathon for Data towards becoming more human. So the idea that he shouldn't wrestle with um, being being betrayed for the first time and whether that might invoke some kind of feeling, I think that's that's valid. It's val- that's a valid story to have. It's valid, but the way it plays out, and perhaps intentionally, is um, an adolescent getting his first heartbreak. Like he goes to dad, he goes to Riker, and he says, well, it oh. should be. It should. It should be that way. And I'm not going to disagree that like there there were quite a few points where things should have been done better. Mm. But it should be like that. I mean, he's an emotional retard. Of course. I guess I don't take umbrage with the fact that he has to to grapple with a new sensation so much as it's not uniquely from the perspective of an android because again you could just write it from somebody who's who's inexperienced but does feel emotion and it would play out exactly the same way i think part of the issue though is that we're reaching the point we're in season four where you know these characters kind of have inherent value by the just by virtue of us having watched them for so long. Mm-hmm. So I think um, from the perspective of an audience, it's it's interesting just kind of inherently to see Data deal with new situations because we like Data. We do like Data. We want to, we want to see him grow and, and do new things and stuff. And I, I think it's I think it's totally fine, honestly. I don't really have an issue with, with the idea of the conflict in this episode. I do have an issue with how it was done, but uh, I, mean- I think that the idea is fine. The thing, though, is that, going back to the most toys as a positive example, that's another one that did show growth on the part of Data. Um, he he's, he attempts to murder somebody, when otherwise yeah, sure. he would never have done that. And that it shows growth with a, without emotion in a way that is unique to the character. This shows growth... Um, ostensibly with emotion. The, the dialogue says that he's emotionless, but everything in the way that he acts and describes what he's feeling is essentially an emotion. Um, and again, it's uh, it's more of a coming-of-age story than anything else, but it, not not really that of an android's coming-of-age story. Not necessarily. I mean, it, but the, 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 the thing is, now, like, you're kind of arbitrarily assigning the the... The, the the definition of emotion too am i i mean yeah kind of there there is a there is ultimately a fine line between uh feeling something and uh reacting to something you know what i mean i mean it's 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 not like well he's, how- not, he's not sitting there like stewing about about what's her name? I mean, he kind of in the last scene. He says well, he says to Riker, "It's been... well." He did, he, he did that with Yar too. <laughs> did he? I know? mean, there's precedent for it. he did that with Yar too. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, is that is that ever shown? Is that, it's more implied. Pretty sure. I don't know if that ever really happened, but in any case, well, he does it. He does it with someone else anyway. To me, then, if if that's the case, then it's there's just no growth in the episode at that point um yes because it's something that's happened before i agree with that 
in which case well it's 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 not necessarily that no because this isn't something that's happened before because again it's it's a new situation where data has to come come to terms with being betrayed by someone and, and learning how to kind of navigate any potential you know betrayals in the future that kind of thing perhaps my reasoning so far has been on the side of arbitrary but i do think that between this and the most toys which are both episodes that deal with data um, growing as a character and processing something akin to a human emotion that episode was a lot more effective and this one didn't really resonate with me and i i, sure. I, I want to know why sure and i i think i think the theme here the theme of betrayal and how it relates to to data is it's it's really ripe for like just delving into and doing something fun with it and something interesting with it it just didn't really quite happen here the way it should have and i think that's the issue but uh i think we're gonna both hate this episode by the time we're done oh i hated it by the time we started <laughs> i didn't hate it no i hate not. It. hate's a strong word but yeah i do think this there is certain parts of it i enjoyed this is one of the worst episodes that we've seen in a in a bit you know yeah maybe maybe i i was never like not interested in it so hmm. that's a plus but it's predictable um again you're right it's not very interesting the stakes are terribly high did you gasp in shock when uh ishara <laughs> is having that call with the guy and she said it's, it's working, working. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it's working <laughs> um and and as we walk through the episode, which which I guess we might as well start doing in a second here, uh, we're going to see exactly why that scene was so predictable and stupid. I mm. think. Um, so this uh, this episode opens on on a poker game, right? And um, I think this is the clearest example of um, character development on the part of Data because now Data is illegally string betting the same way Riker does. So he's, he's picked <laughs> yeah, up yeah, he's yeah. picked up the, the commander's habits. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, one thing I did want to note is that Riker uh, is is playing honest poker here. <laughs> where, where he asked Data exactly what kind of, can, uh, kind of hand he has. Which is a valid strategy. I think um, yes. that must be acknowledged. <laughs> <laughs> i i know i know you love your honest poker uh, i do so well the concept I, I, I thought you probably liked that scene the concept of a range is very impo important in poker that you need to be constantly expanding your range because if you make the same actions in the same situations every time you, you become predictable so Riker, mm -hmm. by embracing honest poker is expanding his range from before where he did not use that strategy. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I'm myself hoping to see Data employ the honest poker strategy sometime soon. I, I, I guess we'll see. Um, but uh, then uh, Riker decides to throw, throw in all of his winnings based on um, whether or not he can, he can, successfully perform a card trick for data all right now let's let's delve into how stupid this is um <laughs> immediately what jumps out to me is that data has Riker covered when if if Riker 
he just lost a big <laughs> hand to Data, so Data ostensibly has more money, more chips. Yes. So whatever Riker bets, Data has that plus more. So Data's not he doesn't have to push in all of his his stack. It's a right. It's a, it's stupid. It's like what do you? It's like <laughs> that really got you, huh? Yeah, it's like oh, I got twenty dollars in my pocket. I have five hundred in mine. All right, let's put them all in. It's like, what? It is. It is completely illogical. Right now, yeah. Data's no Vulcan, to be sure. <laughs> but he is an android. Right, and I like to and, think uh, he would have been able to count. You would. You would think so. I mean, he 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 will uh, in the next two minutes uh, very logically explain the trick for us. Um, but I, I did want to note that that Frakes was the the one who kind of brought this card bit uh, to life. He's the one who suggested it. One of his many talents. Yeah, one of his many. He he. Uh, this was something he was into for a while. I mean, I think around season two. Um, but around this time, he he really rekindled his love of classic sleight of hand. Because um, I guess I guess recently at the time he'd managed one night to uh, to pick a woman up at the bar with uh, with his infamous. You remember this five hundred dollar behind the ear trick. When he did it with me, it was just a quarter. Yeah, well, you know. I'm not one of the women, I, I know. But, <laughs> but still. You weren't selling what he was looking for. No, no. But, you know, with today's technology, we can rectify that. Um. <laughs> uh, from a certain point of view. Need I... Need I uh... Fill our chat log with neo vaginas. Oh, now I'm not that big of a Matrix fan, but I'll let you go off. You let me get off. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of the scene, I think one of the best things about it is that um, you can visibly see near the end uh, the, the 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 sheer exhaustion on Marina's face because um, I think it took over two dozen takes for Frakes to get this trick right. Yeah. I don't know, perhaps because the scene, the stage, the set was better lit than your average bar where he normally did the trick. It threw him off. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it did take some doing. You know, we were there for a while. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, maybe maybe because uh, uh, Brent just wasn't uh, lying to him. <laughs> Most of the women did humor Jonathan Frakes, like oh, it's mm -hmm. Jonathan Frakes from that sci-fi show. I, it's it's I the love. Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, <laughs> I watch that show every day, every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Brent was not having it. Now, insofar as structurally, I'm not sure what this scene is supposed to foreshadow. Perhaps the fact right. that Riker's not as trustworthy as he would like to appear. I mean, you never know, but. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly was a scene and usually it, these these opening scenes are supposed to wrap around back to the the core theme of the show now in this case it's like okay data was betrayed quote unquote but he saw through it immediately so okay <laughs> is this like reverse growth where data can see through betrayal <laughs> at the beginning but not at the end shrinkage if you will well, he he can see through uh, he can see through uh, playful betrayal. Oh, I see, I see. Right now, does his does his vision his android vision allow him to see through um, Marina's uh, uniform? Uh, that's actually been the subject of hot debate, um, and I mean hot in terms of like sexual. 
right uh on on the forums for you know the past 20 30 years sexual debate is in the house of lords what is that like the the british diet no no that's a recording artist uh i think um wasn't lord married to ellen musk ellen musk what he, he was married to a uh, recording artist a british recording artist who was ellen Huh? The Tesla guy. I mean, not Nikolai, but um, the other Tesla guy. Oh, uh, 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 there was Grimes. Oh, grimy. That's right. Um, whatever. Lord is great. She looks like fucking Palpatine. <laughs> well, now I gotta look this up. Is Lord spelled with an E? With an E, yeah. You know who's my, my favorite old woman? No, who is it? Uh, Winona Ryder. <laughs> yeah, okay, tell me about it. There's not much to say. I just, uh, I think Winona there, Ryder. There's a, a joke in her woman. name somewhere. I hardly know her. I mean, sure. Winona Ryder. We 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 know a Ryder. Lord looks like a slightly more, slightly better put together version of that um, homely Game of Thrones actress. <laughs> the one that looks like Quasimodo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I forget her name. Is that kid, is, is that what she plays in Game of Thrones? A a Quasimodo. A Quasimodo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She uh, she frequently teams up with the Dracula. <laughs> is that what that show's about? That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I used to go to the gym with a guy who um went out with one of those zoomer like bananis and avocados singer girls who's on the radio i forget who it was though wait millie vanilli no 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 they you know you know they all sing like with that that faux british affect i have no idea like amy winehouse no i don't i don't even know what ex an example would be are, are you but just it's like they all sing like this are you just listening to british pop stars no, I'm not. I'm not. Well, some of them are, but you you really you don't know what I'm talking about? I, we'll discuss this off mic. Here's, here's another possibility. You're insane. <laughs> no, I'm not. You can ask any of our circle, well, not any of them. Any in our circle who who knows music and they they'll back me up on this. Uh It's a well-known phenomenon. Yeah? Yeah. Like marble-mouthed female pop stars sounding like they're British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they all sing. They, they all sing. Like is, this this. A, is this a Billie like, like Eilish that. thing? Sort of, sort of. But she's not quite at that. William Eilish. <laughs> <laughs> Billie Irish, just uh, pronounced by a Japanese man. <laughs> I think they just call her Billy. That's what yeah. I've what I've found. Anyone who refers to Billie Eilish just says Billie. they just call her Billie. Yeah, that's so weird. Well, I mean, how many because yeah, they they could be talking about Bronco Billy or the goats or the or yeah the goats of Elvis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, 
Where, anyway, what this, if, we like need to, to talk see, about this card trick. We need to talk about this card trick. Yeah, it's kind um, of... Um, uh, data explains it. Data explains it, but here's the thing. He gets to choose between three cards. If he knew what was going on, he could have just picked the one that, that wasn't the, the right one. Well, I don't think Data was concerned with... Um, him exposing the trick is, in essence, him winning the bet, I believe. I suppose. Because it's, again, Frakes' betrayal has come to light the liar it's, it's, revealed it's stupid it's stupid to even present it that way though if you're going to give him the choice between the cards just have data pick a card breaks is like or uh, riker's like uh uh pick a card and and data has to just or no no freaks just flashes like is this your card or whatever like it needs to be like a like a single like you don't get a choice at the end yes because it, it just confuses it even without data a, a choice a final choice um, leaves it open to, to failing. Right, right. So it's a dumb trick. The whole the whole point it's of tricks is... It's a trick that is, fails a third of the time. Yeah, it's to force people. <laughs> or two-thirds of the time, rather. It only works a third of the time. Well, we have evidence of that by how many takes it took. Mm-hmm. But it is a dumb trick, much like spinning. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's... There's better card tricks out there that you could that you could show. Much better trick. Um, but yeah, so they they get called to the bridge. Um, I guess I guess the uh, the Enterprise was initially en route to to and, and this threw me off. Camus two, not pronounced Kamu two. It's Camus two. Um, this threw you which off. Which I I guess is a uh, it's a reference to I think the final episode of the original series where they also went to Camus two. Is that um, is that true? Yeah, and uh, instead they have like an emergency <clears throat> signal that that is making them go to um, the Turkana system, which I, I can only assume is famous for the uh, Aramanian genocide. Um, and, and and they go and visit uh, Turkana Four, which just so happens to be. Yar's rape gang planets. Uh, one thing, one thing um, I wanted to discuss is we hear about the USS Potemkin a lot, don't we? We do. Why I, does it do so much? I think that's the ship from from uh, Watership Down. That was a, that was the that was the movie about the animals that all die or whatever, right? Oh wait, I think you're right. I'm, th I'm, I'm thinking of a war film of some sort. <laughs> no, I'm sure it was in a war film. Um, but I mean, in canon, what is this ship? Um, it's not the flagship of the Federation. It certainly isn't. Have that on good authority. But yeah, you know, Potemkin, USS Potemkin. It was a, it was a Constitution class, so it was the same. Same model. Um. Hmm. Hold on. I'm holding. We're going to sit here until we figure this out. <laughs> we got our top man on the job. I'm just going to sit here until you figure it out. The Potemkin. Oh, I, I guess. I guess the Potemkin was in the original series. Bridge over troubled water. Is that a war movie? That's oh, a song. Oh, is that Paul Simon? Maybe Simon uh, and Simon Paul. Hold on. 
Bridge over... I think it's Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. actually, you, you might be right about that. Alright, hold on. Um, when you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I'll dry them all. I'm on your side when times get tough and friends just can't be found. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Now, I've I've done renditions of this song that say, I will lay you down in mm-hmm. very, very intimate moments. <laughs> I will lay me down. Isn't that just like talking about killing yourself? <laughs> I will lay me down to sleep. I will pray the <laughs> Lord my soul to keep. I will dick me down. <laughs> I will dick me down. Is that the is that the melody of that song? I've I don't think I've ever heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you never heard it? No. And you know all the lyrics? Oh no, I was reading them. <laughs> well, no, I knew I knew you were reading them, but I figured like by virtue of having read them, you were trying to make a point about them. No, no, I just <laughs> yeah, you were just reading them for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Interesting. Now I imagine by virtue of it being Simon and Garfunkel, it's uh, quite the layered harmony going on in this song mm. which uh, has always been their strength I watched a video of um, Paul Simon playing with George Harrison and uh, the former sang an impromptu harmony to the latter and it was quite good talented really? not he's as talented as he is short Paul Simon I've, I've, I've never seen never seen him uh, on video there's a there's, there's a good music video where he's he appears alongside Chevy Chase, who's quite a quite a tall man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's a big gap between the two. A gap. A gap. Um, quite like a thigh gap, but for height. We love thigh gaps. We do. We do. Um. And uh, remember, if you don't have one, you should feel bad about yourself. You should kill yourself or go on a fucking diet. And then it's time to work on your bikini bridge. <laughs> Either go on a die or on a diet. Uh-huh. Oh, oh. Roll, this, it, roll the die. Star Trek Picard Season 3 Comic-Con teaser just dropped live, live during recording. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Should, should, should we watch it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I Come on, let's... let's... Let's give, it, let's give it a live watch. Seriously, it actually dropped? Yeah, it's uh, it's linked in our production Discord. Okay. <laughs> oh, he's so old. Jesus Christ. You are watching it. You said you were going to watch it. Okay, yeah, I'm watching it right now. It's only a minute long. Yeah. Why is 7 of 9 here? I know, right? Something that does actually annoy me is how the the uniform design did revert to, like, it's gone steps backwards. Yeah, what the hell? Man, this is just depressing. Everyone's fucking old. Michael Dorn forgot how to do the wharf voice. Did he say censor? Gates looks good under under all that makeup. Yeah. Oh, once again, Will Wheaton gets shafted. I'm sure he'll show up in like one episode. I really hope that this is a um a Planet of the Week series 
There's just no overarching story. That would be amazing. <laughs> just a bunch of geriatrics going to different planets. Yeah, it's just it's just you know old TNG scripts. <laughs> that would be perfect. Um, no, uh, no Brent, huh? Well, Data's canonically dead. Although I think his name did show up in that one announcement. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure. I'm sure he's gonna show up at some point. Oh, this they're is... gonna be like, oh, we found, we found uh, Data's a, a other brother. Extra, yeah, right. Data, Lore, and Leda. <laughs> no, that's their fusion. That's Data and Lore's <laughs> fusion. Did they ever do the fusion dance, or is this just someone took off Lore's arm and put it on Data? It's just a, it's just a, a popular fan fiction character. I see, Leda. Not not door. Later. Later. <laughs> I um alright, so let's are, get back are, to the Are you ready to tackle the second scene of the episode? <laughs> they uh they get a distress call from from two of their two Federation guys who are being held on Turkana four. Um so uh an away team goes to the 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 transporter room. We have a little scene here where um <clears throat> crusher is trying to go down and um wharf you know he's he's like you know you should stay here it's probably not safe and he says you know lieutenant lieutenant Yaw spoke of rape gangs right and uh crusher says crusher I'll responds, be fine. yeah she's like i can handle myself um which is has been demonstrably demonstrably not true um in in it's situations of like terrorism on a planet yeah she was kidnapped by by terrorists yeah. in one episode um, and had to be rescued yes yeah she was she was like a princess and she didn't even get raped at least not on camera no yeah we we don't know that but uh she goes down i guess uh we get a beautiful mat one of one of matt's beautiful paintings he outdid himself as he always does um, really yeah. quick, when they say that they're going to the planet, what was the name of it? Turkanafor? Turkanafor, yeah. Did that register with anybody? Like, oh, that's Yara's planet. Did, Definitely. Any, you think so? But not not, not any normal people, no. Right. Just, just some guy who, uh... There, there, yeah, there was some guy who, like... Chair. He would watch He would watch every episode every week with, like, a notebook. And then, like, just pour over it. He would do, like, Harvard-style notes where he'd, like, summarize them in the margins. So he could he could uh, commit them to memory. Nice Harvard style notes reference. Yeah, I did go to Harvard, so yeah, I gotta only, make sure everyone knows that. I've only ever harbored uh, an immense antipathy towards you, <laughs> <laughs> Harvard boy. Um, so we get a cool. So so the thing about Turkana Four is that the surface has been destroyed by war, so they all live underground. Right. It's, um, it's the Logan's Run planet. <laughs> what was he running from? Um, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> is is it? Does the run belong to Logan, or was it many Logans running? It's more of a track for Logan to run in whenever he 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 likes. <laughs> Damn, well, this Logan can run like a chicken run. <laughs> like the movie, chicken uh, run. No, like the track for chickens to run in whenever they like. Ah, uh. now chicken run was an Australian production. Was it? Yeah, that's why Mel Gibson's oh, it was British. In it. No, no, no. Mel Gibson's no, in it. No, it's 
You're bullshitting me. You can't bullshit a bullshitter, is what they say. I refuse to believe that was Australia. Yeah, well, take that to the grave. It was the Wallace and Gromit guy, wasn't it? I mean, yes, but I believe it was an Australian production. Okay. I guess I'll believe you, because I, I can't imagine what you would get out of lying about this. But then again, you never really need to get anything. No, I just, um... <laughs> I derive pleasure from the act itself. <laughs> uh, Alright, anyway, uh, they live underground. Uh, because of this, we are treated to uh, actually redresses of the Borg ship. Yes. Uh, for, for the for the underground section. And uh, one thing I did notice that was interesting about this episode... And and this also comes up in in ten forward later. The the camera is a lot more dynamic than usual. Yeah, I also Probably, thought the lighting was yeah. was more involved. Yes, yeah, it was. It was. Um, I think a lot of this is probably to give some kind of depth to to that underground area because mm. that's that's where it's usually more dynamic. Um, but I thought it was interesting because you don't usually see it like that. Um, a more visually interesting episode, and there's also thought put into the um, the visual look of the inhabitants of the planet. They have these uh, these glowing implants inside of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. so they can detect when their enemies right. have like crossed a certain point or something. And that's where I got the Logan's Run inspiration. Ah. Because uh, I know you're not familiar with Logan's Run, but they have these glowing things inside of them that I believe mark when they're set to be uh, executed. Because okay. they reached a certain age. And that is what... They run too far? That's what Logan's running from. Uh. Now, recently I, wa I watched, read the plot summary of THX uh, 180, whatever the number is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't spoil it for me, though. You gonna watch it? Yeah, at some point. Alright, well... Uh, <laughs> I don't quite know where to go from here. Then I'll just stop talking about it. There was there was a Wookie though. There was a Wookie. Um, uh, <laughs> up yours, Wookie moralists. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now now say it with with his affect. Uh, I can't do a a Pearson. Oh, uh, up 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 yours, Wookie moralists. Up yours, Wookie uh. moralists. Oh, yeah, no. not bad, not bad. Yeah, I mean, as long as you make make the effort to sound like a, a squeaky muppet, it yes. usually comes off correctly. Mm. Um, uh, I don't want this to devolve into the Jordan Peterson impression power hour. <laughs> All right, uh, so we we get like we get a very, in my opinion, um, bizarre scene where our guys run into a group called the Coalition. Yes. Um, and they they bring them back to like their little hidey room, and the coalition is explaining that they control basically half the planet, and a group called the Alliance um, controls half the planet. Just real quick as an aside, I find it hilarious that the Alliance are apparently the bad guys, and not the coalition. Um, right. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if that was trying to make a statement or something, but well, to me, it's uh, you see, well, both sides they're actually the same, but they're fighting. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, sure. That's probably that's probably as, as far as it went. Isn't all um, fighting just uh, ambiguous at its heart? <laughs> Aren't all distinctions yeah. just arbitrary? Heroes on both sides, or villains on both Truly. sides. Um, 
And I don't mean to, to both sides the conflict of Tarkana 4. <laughs> the Coalition has, um, I guess, stolen a box of alcohol. Yes, which is just, you know, very high-level warfare. Right, yeah, that's all they stole. That's all they got was a box of alcohol. It's a planetary-wide um, game of capture the flag. And and Riker is immediately hostile to them and, and tries to, like, steal their alcohol from them. Right. <laughs> but they give it to him anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's like, and then, then they're like, you know, the Coalition guys are just like, oh, you know, we're trying to keep the peace. And, and Riker's like... Everything we've seen would indicate otherwise. And it's like they've been on the planet for five minutes. Riker also is very quick to violate the um the new interpretation the new prime directive in that yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna disrupt this planet's society. You can't steal their alcohol, you can't be fighting. Um I've been grappling with the new prime directive very often in my Voyager escapades. And uh, so, so wait. So, what's the new prime directive? The new prime directive has nothing to do with first contact, and basically says never interfere in anything that takes place on a planet. Oh right, okay, yeah. And they play fast and they play loose with this. I'm sure they do because, um, you know, if if they did adhere to it to the degree that they probably should, quote should, it would just end up with the crew of of whatever ship uh, beaming down to a planet. And standing around on the sidelines watching things happen. I would I would watch a show of just observers. You remember in Who Watches the Watchers, there's that outpost? <laughs> yeah. Just just a sitcom set in one of those? I'd watch that. <laughs> well, see, that has potential, but you, you, you realize why that's a lot different. Yes, yes, I do. I, but anyway, what really stuck out to me was when Riker accepts the alcohol that's a present for Picard. Mm -hmm. And he so, doesn't even say thank you. Right, but to me, it would he doesn't even attempt to not take it. He's like, oh, yeah, I, sure. I guess we drink tonight, boys. Yeah, right. Right. And, and, then, and then we immediately cut to Picard sniffing it on the bridge. Yeah, we usually cut to him sniffing Crusher, but not this time. <laughs> or, or, you know, playing with a crystal. <laughs> right. <laughs> the source of uh, his his sexual prowess, that crystal. Yeah, yeah. And if if you notice over the series, his his fingers grow slightly longer every season. <laughs> oh God. So so we get a transmission from because because okay so so the whole conflict at this moment is that um, the Riker petitioned for the Coalition's help to get their guys back from the Alliance. Uh, the Coalition wants uh, weapons from the Enterprise. And Riker's like, we're not going to supply you weapons. Um, but then he's like, I, I guess we'll go back and think about it. So they go. this is when they're back and thinking about it. Then they get a transmission from uh, the Coalition guy. His name is Hain, the Coalition guy. Oddly, like, like the uh, underwear. Oddly uh, plain name. Plain Hain. Yeah. Plain name Hain. Plain, plain Hain. Hey! <laughs> well, well. Uh... Yeah, so we get a transmission from Hain. He's got this woman standing next to him. Her name's Ishara, um, and he's like, "Okay, this is uh, this is Tasha's. This is Yar's sister, um, and she is um, remotely more attractive than than, than Denise Crosby. Um, right. I believe that's what the casting called for. 
uh, yeah. women slightly more attractive. Later Tasha. on, we would go on to cast everyone related remotely to Tasha Yar as Denise, but we didn't start that practice right, right. just yet. Yeah, we made up for it in other ways, though. Oh, yes. Try to compensate for it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, we wanted her to not... Uh, she is more attractive, but we didn't want her to look attractive. Yeah. So you'll note the haircut, just extremely ugly. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of the costuming, extremely unappealing. There's like this strange blue onesie that surfaces later. Um, and the whole goal was to be reminiscent of, you know, Yar's general unattractiveness. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know those costumes uh, were sold at auction? Oh, yeah? And um, What do they make, you negative know. money? <laughs> you know what kind of person probably bought them. Well, there's two kinds of people. There's there's somebody who either affixes it to a mannequin and sniffs it on occasion, or or somebody who wears it while jerking off. And there's no there's, there's no in between. Wears it while looking at a mirror uh, and and just 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 feels the euphoria sweep over them. Oh my god, I feel you so euphoric when I tuck in my Yar costume. <laughs> Does that, does anyone oh, else God. does anyone else feel euphoric when you tuck inside of your Ishara Yar cosplay? <laughs> the word tuck really goes a long way. Oh, it's 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 pulling heavy duty in that sense. <laughs> cuz cuz the, the rest of it uh, elicits, you know, a tasteful chuckle. The tucking is just over the edge. <laughs> oh, uh, you man. ever see the show Nip Tuck? I've heard of it. Do you know what it's about? <laughs> A Japanese man who tucks. Yes! <laughs> I was gonna say Japanese transsexuals. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh... <laughs> oh boy! Fucking hell! Uh, was that was that show overtly sexual? Um, I think it was oh, se- oh sexual. I think it was sexual in the sense that uh, it's like oh here are these playboy rich doctors and uh, they're flirting with their nurses and clients and whatever. But aside from that, I don't think it was uh, the the subject matter wasn't that sexual. It was basic. Yeah, I, I always surgery. thought the title the title referred to nip as in nipples and then tuck as in as in like tucking. Uh, no, it's nip tuck is a straight up uh, phrase used in the plastic surgery community. Like I'm gonna go in for a nip and a tuck, uh, uh. which to me is reminiscent of um, things that are euphemisms for sleeping. Go on, have me a nip tuck. Yeah, cheerio. You get your stocking cap on, have a nip and a tuck. <laughs> a nip and a tuck. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. A nip, a nip is a like a shot of whiskey, and a tuck is you go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Puts me down for a nip and a tuck. <laughs> I will lay me down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we, we, we have an instance here. <laughs> oh no. Anyway, anyway, we have an instance. We have an instance here of Troy doing her job. And then being um, ignored summarily. And then everyone ignores it for the next half an hour. (laughs) 
And here, here is my first real gripe with this episode. The second Ishara comes on board, it's like no one ever had any doubt about her. I mean, they try to to hide this away. Well, we all wanted to see something of Yar in her, except for Troy, right. who says she's trying to deceive us. Right, right, explicitly, two or three times. Um, I, jumping ahead just for a brief moment, there's a there's a point I think the, the coming back from commercial in like Act Five, where Picard is like she, he talks about Ishara and he's like she's virtually become a member of the crew. Um, which, and, which is weird and the, because they they're in a physical space, not like VR or anything. <laughs> well, it's weird because of that. Yes, um, <laughs> it's it's literally just the, the the plot of the show demanded Picard say this, right? Um, and it's and it's the same thing with all these the, the crew implicitly trusting this woman. It doesn't make sense. They've they've had people aboard for for entire episodes that they've hated and turned out to be great people. Uh, they're as far as I see it, the crew is almost always just distrustful of everyone when they come on board. And what what's I could see this happening contingent on um, Ishara acting like Tasha, and she would have sure. to be like her spitting image, doing all the same things. The scene of her and Worf kind of having a you know yeah, sport yeah. together. It's like oh you know Lieutenant Yar also. Uh, I don't know what game they played. Swung her racquetball racket just like that. It's like, you know, whatever. But What game? They played, they played Doctor. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but you're totally right. Yeah, it, there needed to be scenes like that. Or even just one scene where, I don't know, they have like dinner together or some shit. Right. Instead, it's all very spoken. Um, just, you remind me of Tasha. <laughs> you remind yeah, me yeah. of Tasha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so stupid. It is. Um, so, Data, she beams aboard the Enterprise. Data's tasked with bringing her to the observation deck or whatever. Uh, and he, he talks to her. He says, uh, what was he? he says, Tasha and I spent much time together, um, which is, uh, is putting it mildly. Um, they, they had hot, hot robot sex. With, um, that that very ugly, oil slicked strand of hair glued to Tasha's forehead. Oh God! What I forgot about What was that. anybody thinking about that? That's, <laughs> that's, um, that's 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 the image in my nightmares that I wake up screaming about. Like, Ishara says, uh, "I don't even remember what she looked like." In reference to Yar, um, which I think everyone would consider lucky <laughs> for that. Um, yeah, it really clashed with um, the planet's depiction as a as a dystopia when some of the members could have <laughs> such a charmed life. Right, right. Um, so they get uh, the Enterprise crew gets a message from one of the hostages. Finally, I don't even know what it says. And, what did uh, he say? So uh, basically, it was just like you know we're being held here. Um, he says curiously, I might add. Um, he says the Enterprise crew has 20 hours to make reparations mm. um, which I found odd because the Alliance consists mostly of white people right? Right. And um, you know it turns out you know it's it really was just a, l a little way for the writers to, to kind of just show these guys are you know they're bad news right? 
um, because they're so okay with appropriating black excellence. Well, I think one of the captured hostages was a, was a person of color, a people of color. He was a POC. Right. He was a POC. So it's straight up um, allegorical. They're stealing his reparations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, um, I, it does occur to me that Ishara betrays the Enterprise by giving them exactly what they want. <laughs> or she said, okay, here's your men. Go back to the ship. Goodbye. And uh, <laughs> not not quite the the insidious betrayal we've seen in other episodes. Not really, no. No. Uh, although, although we'll, we'll get to that later. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a wet fart. Um, they go down to the planet twice, right? And and the first time they go down, I guess it's a failure or something. Or, no, they need to get, like, coordinates or something? I don't remember. Do you remember why they go down for the first time? Something about a map? Yeah, I think that's it. Because they, they need to find out, like, where they were being held. Right. Or something. So they needed Jordy to do that. And, and this becomes um, a dangerous, less than a smoothly executed endeavor. Yeah. Um, Ishara gets shot, and uh, Riker, you know, saves her, and, and they all beam back up to the Enterprise. Um, curiously, something that really, really caught my attention uh, is that Riker says she's only got a couple of cracked ribs. Um, she, she was shot by a phaser and just flopped on the floor. <laughs> well, the, raz so. the razors, the phasers pack quite a punch. Do they? Yeah, if you ever slow down frame by frame... You'll see a little animated fist uh, at the end of the phaser beam. <laughs> just, 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 just a little fella popping out with a, a one-two. Right, but if um, if it's set to kill, then, then it's quite different. Then he has a knife. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the phasers in this episode is set to kill. It is set to kill, but it, it, like, do phasers really have that much kinetic energy? Well, they they can bore through things, as we later see. I suppose, yeah, I suppose so. You ever see that episode in Star Wars where um, the two Jedi's have to cut through a big metal door with their lightsabers, mm -hmm. and then they very quickly run away? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same principle. I see. I didn't know the technology was so uh, analogous. Oh, of course. Uh, one takes direct inspiration from the other. Yeah, it is a shame how much Star Trek stole from Star Wars, huh? They stole the concept of space. <laughs> yeah. Now, Star uh, Trek's spaceships. big innovation was setting its story in the future and not a long past ago. Also, <laughs> uh, also, um, no interesting aliens. Right. Now, was Star Wars canonically set in the Delta Quadrant? Is that where Star Trek is? No, Star Trek's in the Alpha Quadrant. Well, it depends on which uh, Star Trek. Um, the Delta Quadrant is where Voyager takes place, and the Gamma Quadrant is where the wormhole in Deep Space Nine deposits people into. But Star Trek proper is in the Alpha Quadrant, which accounts. What 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 what's in the Gamma Quadrant? Um, the Dominion. Ah, uh, and uh, the shapeshifters, Odo's people. Gotcha. Now, there's still one that leaves one quadrant unaccounted for. Perhaps that is where Star Wars takes place. Mm-hmm. Then again, these are all quadrants of one galaxy, but Star Wars is in a galaxy, quote, far, far away. 
So well, it might just be an entirely different galaxy. We do have to remember um, that one comic where Indiana Jones found the corpse of Han Solo on Earth. Is that real? That's real. Do they look exactly like one another? Well, one of them was a corpse. But did it look like him? Did he look at it and say, this is a man's corpse? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I haven't actually read it, but it, that did happen. That is a comic. That's fucking terrible. It's stupid. Well, by, by the uh... looks of it, this was a um, an old-timey intergalactic smuggler killed by a, <laughs> by a rolling ball trap. <laughs> I hate fiction. What do I hate? What do I hate here? What do you What do you mean? What do you hate? Well, I mean, this is terrible, right? We can agree this is terrible. But what What is the stupid? What, what is the blame? Is it fiction? Well, it's 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 pure fan service. It's like fan service for the sake of fan service. Yeah, like what if uh, Batman fought Superman? Yeah, or like what if what if uh, Picard. Talk to Professor X in the hollow deck. What if all my favorite guys celebrated my birthday? <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> Bring it in. <laughs> oh man, Game Master Anthony. What is your version of Game Master Anthony's birthday party? What what fictional characters would show up for you? Um Probably like I mean obviously you gotta have like Sonic guys and like um you know just pro probably all the old like Sega Nintendo guys. Mine would just be the Count of Monte Cristo and the Trix Rabbit. <laughs> uh, would it be the anime Count of Monte Cristo? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I believe so. Him and his uh collage uh looking stylings. <laughs> what what out of my Christo the tricks Fucking hate you. So um uh, they it bro some ribs are broken. Yeah. It, this it actually hit me uh just now the idea that doctors in the future are actually useful <laughs> and it's not just bio beds. <laughs> Like, well, you know, maybe it is, maybe it is, like, just more to do with the technology, but it's like, uh, Crusher's actually, like, nice and cares about her patients, as opposed to most doctors. Now, so. um, the, uh, the holographic emergency medical doctor, um, is, <laughs> is known for Jesus. its, uh, subpar bedside manner. It's his ornery bedside manner? Yes, uh, there's quite the, um, quite a lot of time spent with oh the doctor learns to uh, give a good bedside manner and be approachable for his patients. And in one, I guess that's all you can do with a doctor story. In one episode, he programs his hologram to contract a holographic disease to step into the shoes of his patients. <laughs> it's just kind of dumb. That's <laughs> the show now, sounds so shitty. Now this might surprise you to learn, but that's the B story. <laughs> the episode <laughs> oh thank god i think the, so it's the other story like an ant story i <laughs> i was ready life. <laughs> the um the a plot is probably what if uh what if chakotay met a space indian <laughs> polish off that gem for the fifth time
What if what if Jerry got an iPad? <laughs> oh God. So uh the the Ishara we, we cut to Ishara on, on the main deck, um and she's wearing a, a very sexy little piece. That's the blue onesie. Um, I, I know you hate it, but there's something about that jumpsuit that just made me wanna Is it is it the fact that it looks like it's knit so it just absorbs all of her sweat? Yeah, yeah, I, I want to, like, wring it out. <laughs> Into a martini um, glass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it works kind of like eyeing her up, too, in the background. Well, you know, Cleon Instinct and all that. Uh, see, I, I want to I see some, some Worf Ishara fan fiction. They, they, uh, you'll be happy to know that when Worf inevitably gets with um, Dax... That they maintain the lore on how violent Klingon sex is. Really? Yeah. They show up several times in the um, the doctor's office. And they're like, oh, you know, I need you to repair my broken rib, my dislocated shoulder. And there's cuts all over both of them. And Bashir's no, like... No way. And Bashir's like, um, you know, you guys gotta, gotta stop with this. And it's funny because Bashir, at the beginning of the series, always wanted to get with Dax. So it's kind of like a... Uh, a medical oh, it's a cuckolding. Yes, exactly. They just come wow. in with their battle scars of, um, you know, the, the, their sexual encounters. This isn't really. This isn't real. No, this is real. You can look up really the episode where Dax and War first get together, and I believe the setting is uh, like a hollow suite battle simulation, or maybe they just of course maybe they're just going at it with a what? What is the name of the bath? Bath, bathlets? Bathlets? Isn't Dax like trans or something? Dax is many things. <laughs> um, Dax is a symbiote that bonds with a human that is at times male and at times female. Okay, so Dax is trans. Dax is trans, and Dax definitely says trans rights. <laughs> because if I was a, a transgendered person, the representation I want to see is a... Uh, a black slug embedded in the body of um, of different people. That's what they wish they could do. Yeah, yeah. Just let me uh, body snatch the the girl I went to high school <laughs> yeah, right. with. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I could be a body snatcher, I would. Though, I mean, fuck it. Yeah, I would. I know Kojima would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, it's rife with potential. The, the snatching of bodies. <laughs> uh, before we move on, uh, we haven't really talked From too much about this snatching? rape gang, this rape gang business, um, which we should have talked about earlier, uh, because there don't seem to be any rape gangs around at all. No, I don't know if this was uh, the the result of editing or what, because I know the producers were pushing for the rape gangs, which led to some resentment from the the cast, but. Mm, mm. This was something that was core to the... You know, okay, a common complaint of Star Trek is that they go to a bunch of, quote, worlds of hats. Like, in this world, everyone wears a cowboy hat. And in this sure. world, everyone wears a uh, fedora. And the hat for Takar 4 was... <laughs> it's, it's rape. Right. And to, for the writers to take out such a core uh, aspect of the planet, of, of its culture, of to erase its culture, is um on track in a lot of ways yeah yeah it's it's uh very illiberal 
Right. But most importantly to me, I think, this just makes it seem like uh, Yara's entire sob story about her past was just like a big lie. <laughs> oh, they're never going to go to this fucking planet. Ah, oh, there's rape gangs. <laughs> And then they go there, and and Riker's like, "Where are the rape gangs?" And and then uh, Hane is just like, "What?" <laughs> Worf says, "I guess the, I guess they got over it." <laughs> like, what rape gangs? What are you talking about, Riker? What is, what is it you think we do here? <laughs> I uh, I thought you just raped each other all the time. <laughs> So that's that's a really fun way because I didn't pick up. I this is the first time I'm picking up on this really. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this is gonna be fun down the line. You know, rewatching those those early ER episodes again, just knowing that she's a lying whore, right? And uh, if she lied about this, what else did she lie about? You know what? Did she get you know plastic she surgery probably, to become unappealing? Who knows? She probably had sex with a guy and then regretted it the morning after. Ah. Uh-huh. Well, it, that's, what, it, by, that's what women do. By this version of the story, it'd be sex with you know seven guys. <laughs> In reality, they probably all regretted it after. <laughs> the, uh, Yar, you know, liquored them all up to get their consents and and reverse raped a large group of able-bodied men. I, I misinterpreted liquoring up as like some some southern slang of like. Someone just licking your body up and down. A little a liquor oh, she, up. She, she, she liquored him up. <laughs> well, that too. You know, I we're inclusive here. So we get this uh, this scene in Ten Forward, which also appears to be completely empty for some reason. Um, between Ishara and Data, and uh, this this is if you needed any convincing. That Ishara was up to no good. Here you go. Uh, it's being handed to you on a silver platter, where she talks about how much she loves Data, even though she's just met him. This this extends to later on, where Data's like, "Oh," and she says she wants to join Starfleet. And right, pa- right, right. <laughs> and, and Picard says, uh, "Really? That fast?" Data says, "Yeah." And Picard's like, "Oh, great." <laughs> and Troy's just standing there like what the fuck is going on yeah Troy is never taken in by this but nobody ever listens to her yeah which you know it's it's a bit of like a crying wolf situation except exactly it's more like it's more like when you never cry at all uh, despite it being your job well that's uh, no that's just toxic to masculinity <laughs> Anyway, um, what else? Data gets a little kiss. He gets a kiss. He becomes robot enamored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, a, 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 she she goes and does the it's working thing. She it's, tells hate pain yeah. it's working. So um, the, the plan here is to rescue the 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 hostages. And that's what's yep. working. We're going to rescue them. We're going to give them exactly what they want. It's working. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, now I, I, I'm sure a fair amount of people interpreted it that way. What it couldn't Hain have just said, imagine there's no Ishari Yar. And he says, okay, Captain, you're right. They shouldn't have kidnapped your men. Let's go get them back. This, this plan would have worked exactly the same. Nothing here is contingent on them being taken right. by, by Yar's sister. 
Yeah. It's just to have a moment of, um, I guess not even for the audience, because it's very apparent that she's working both sides. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, especially if, if Hayne had been like, okay, I'll give you, you know, like a, like a, a, a garrison of men or whatever, you know, um, that's even better. Cause now you have a bunch of guys going in any one of them could just go fuck with the shields or whatever. Right. Instead Not- of just one fucking woman. Nothing about this needed to be Ishariar. No, wow! I hate that. I, I I hate that you pointed that out to me. That's really bad. And we started off uh, low on the episode. Just to be and clear, and it, it works. It works even less. It works even less because all of their attention is going to be on this woman. Mm. So, like, she can't even kind of clandestinely sneak away from the group. They're always going to be like, "Okay, where's Ishara?" Just a bad plan, overly complicated and, and worse. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking stupid. Um, but, okay, the one thing I will say, though, is that they have to remove some kind of, like, thing from her arm so that so that she, she doesn't get detected. Oh, you know what? That is... No, well... So... No. It's no. arbitrary. No. But no, it's not arbitrary because... No, because, let's say the plan is to send in a garrison of men, then you just remove the implants of a whole bunch of men. Right? It, it, that's better. You could, yeah. The more people yeah. you have involved with this plan, actively, the better it is for you. Yeah, group. sure, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah, it's still still stupid. Um, she decides to get it removed, even though it's like she, she makes a big deal about it being a betrayal or whatever, which I guess it's not. Uh, they they have the coordinates um, and they... Um, they go to beam down into like basically like the, like the the dead center of the alliance's base. Um, they do have to drill a little hole. I remember a lot of the reviews at this time. Mm. Um, they made they made special note of the effects using that tunnel boring scene, right? Um, and I'm not I'm not quite sure why they called it that because I thought it was really interesting. Uh, they 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 have this laser that you know just digs through the sand, it eats it all up. Um. It's a cool little because it's apparently they never really have to do so. It's it's interesting. <laughs> apparently, they can't they can't uh, teleport through sand. Well, it's very dense sand. Don't don't hate it. I I really want to know what the canon explanation for this is. Well, they use a laser. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Not a cannon. <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah. So there's no security conveniently because it's like the dead center of the base, which is where you never put security. Well, I mean, it kind and... of. It, no, I think this is fine. Um, <laughs> with the idea that it's kind of baked in that it's impossible for them to infiltrate without setting off those detectors. Yeah, sure, sure. So I that's fine. Um, I, the whole thing is dumb, of course, but it's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Fine. Um, they get the hostages. Ishara runs away to go fuck with the shields. And then uh, Data has a come to Jesus moment. The come on Jesus moment. Uh, well, before that, it, or I guess around the same time, it turns out Ishara had her phaser set to kill, so she's been killing people. Right. How dare she? Which is bad. And uh, yeah, Data's like, you know, I, I can't let you do this because... The, the excuse is that um, 
by disabling the shields, all of the the men of the alliance that are going to be killed will be on uh, that'll be on the Enterprise's hands. I mean, which makes sense. The Federation's hands. Yeah, sure. Um, but it's it's. I think that this is a scene where Data's um, uh, I don't know emotional shallowness works against the the scene because it just comes across as very meaningless on Data's part. Go. This is going back to my complaints at the very beginning of this discussion where um, Data says, "Oh, this was your plan all along. You betrayed us." Yeah. So there's no. It doesn't really feel like a punch there. What what it should have been was Ishara, the plot of the episode, during the course of the episode, Ishara should have actually visibly become attached to Data in some way. And then and then when he when he reacts so emotionlessly, she gets upset about it. Yes, that would have been good. You know what I mean? I think there's an attempt at that. that at least would have had... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I go think ahead. I think there's an attempt at that when... Uh, she tries to implore Data to leave. Like you don't have to, you don't have to be caught in this. Right, right. But it's right. It's not. But it's like it's it's such a stupid. Like it's yeah. It's yeah. not effective, and it's not. There, really... There's nothing actually like connecting them mm-hmm. as. It's it's not engaging. No, no. <laughs> at all. I don't think it is either. But I think that is the way to go to use uh, her emotions as a stand-in for. A reason the audience should care. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, she is a dumb woman, so she needs to scream about things. Data should have done a kung fu flip and kicked the phaser out of her hand. He should have got out his little uh, his little light sword <laughs> and deflected the the blast. <laughs> yeah. Now Data does have a cool moment where he holsters his phaser in a very showy way. Did you notice this? I didn't, actually. So Data, after they disarm Ishara with the help of Riker, um, Data, like, walks up and Captain Morgan's the uh, the defense mechanism. Like, puts his <laughs> leg up. Okay, yeah, I, I did see that. Yeah. And in that moment, he does, like, a twirl with the phaser and, and holsters it quite in a flashily. Um, that is uh, oddly show-off, but I don't know, it was... Kind of, kind of visually neat, I guess. <laughs> and then they just like click one button, and every crisis averted. And then it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Then they go back to the Enterprise, and the whole episode is explained for the for the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, first, they um, they they have Ishara on the bridge, and they they call Hain, and they were like, "Well, you fucked up." And then Hane's like, oh, well. <laughs> can, can you blame me for trying? Come on. I'm a stinker. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have the uh, the typical um, dynamic where Riker is the guy who says what the audience is thinking and Picard has to shut him down for the He's sake of uh, scold- diplomacy. Scolding the audience, essentially. Yeah, is, yes, yeah. Um <laughs> And uh, Picard tells Data to take Ishara to um, the the teleporty room, which um, because of, apparently, yeah, go ahead. I, I take umbrage with Picard here. Um, his yeah. rationale just seems to be that 
we let our guard down, which forgives her crime. Uh-huh. Which doesn't make sense to me. Sure, you guys could have been more alert, but she still, you know, attempted to kill half the planet, a large group. Why is that? Yeah, but not- I mean, that's kind, of, that's kind of their problem, isn't it? I guess, but it's... She didn't really do anything to the Federation. It's not presented as, this isn't our business, but rather, we let ourselves get taken in, so we can't do yeah, anything. Yeah, sure. Sure. It, it, it's all, like like we said earlier, it's all just completely, like, just way too convenient. Uh, and so so he sends Data along with her to, to, the, to the teleport room, um... And I suppose this is because we are supposed to take away from this episode that that uh, Data was very close to her, and the rest of the crew knew this somehow, or something. Well, you know what I'm getting at here? Yeah, but after like, they had sex, Data came out and told everybody, "Oh, we did it! I stuck it in." <laughs> Captain, I have had coitus with Ishara. <laughs> Um, so, so here's a scene that really, really could have gone with a couple of different rewrites, maybe. Um, she goes up on the thing and and her last words were, uh, you know, Data, I wasn't always lying to you. That time we spent talking, that was the closest thing to friendship I've ever had, if that means anything to you. And I was sitting here waiting for him to say, it does not. (laughs) That would have been been a way to end it. That would have been way better and so he's just like energized and he stares meaningfully at her well i'm I, actually angry but like that, that would have been a way better cap just been like i don't give a shit i think him saying energized implied that she um reaches out emotionally and he uh doesn't even yeah. acknowledge it yeah it, it, in in the same way in the same way he almost killed that guy because we're not allowed to have data actually do anything bad. Seems like a cop out. Eh. And th- this this is even worse than that, I think. Because because like we discussed earlier, the way this is filmed, it is almost trying to imply that data is emotional about it, even though he's not supposed to be. Yes, I agree with that. So I didn't like that because again, he says energize, and the camera lingers on him. It's like all right. Yeah, and and then, yeah. then, uh, then the wrap up with Riker. Yes, then the episode explains the themes uh, for all of the autistic audience members. But if we might be betrayed, why should we trust? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, great. I think. Uh, I think I'd give it, and this might be generous, I'd probably give it a 2 out of 5. Yes, I think that's accurate. Um, between 1.75 maybe is like the best saucer sep I could give it, but I'm going to round up. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's boring in a lot of ways, it's unsatisfying in a lot of ways, it's um, wastes potential in others, it's also a story that doesn't feel like it needs to be told, um, which mm-hmm. gives it a feeling of inconsequentialness, uh, inconsequentiality, in, con- in consequence. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. 
Um, so it there's really nothing about it that that resonates or even attempts to. And um, I don't know. Am I just supposed to enjoy sexy Shara? Is that is that the hook? She's got a onesie, <laughs> hugs her form. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed that. I know you did. I know you did. I know a special guy out um, there enjoyed it too. And continues to this day. <laughs> it continues to. It's probably just caked in, in dried semen. I can't wash it because um, then it'll lose the smell. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I honestly think the episode was fairly engaging in, in the way it was shot and um, scripted, even if the script was occasionally unintentionally funny. But I always liked that. Yeah, I do think the production so, was stepped up on this episode, but I wish the material matched it. Yeah. So it's 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 hard for me to like really hate it though because it's like I I at the very least was not like checking my phone through the episode. Sure. But or, I, like I think sleeping or like doing my nails. I think our standards are rising. The uh the saucer steps exist on a sliding scale as the series progresses. And mm. um by this point, this quality, I can't give it more than a two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think two is fair. Yeah. All Toshi Yar right. stories that are not yesterday's Enterprise are cursed. <laughs> she's cursed. <laughs> That's why I... she's killed by a tar monster. <laughs> Imagine being Denise Crosby. Jesus Christ. Well, rather be Bing. Well, yeah, yes, yeah, you would. Which I has always played second fiddle to Google, but still, nice, very nice. But it's like you're the you're the granddaughter of first of all two pretty attractive people, and you look like that. First of all, uh, second of all, you're you're the granddaughter of someone who is extremely successful in in show business and stuff, and uh, you, Peter out at the beginning of Star Trek The Next Generation. What, what is your grandfather remembered for? Oh, you know, being one of the finest uh, vocalists of, of all time. What are you remembered for? I'm not remembered. <laughs> <laughs> what are you remembered for? Uh, 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 going to Star Trek conventions? <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on a panel of, uh, of Star Trek guys? Um, I did want to note, though, and we didn't talk about it at all, but um, Beth, who did Ishara, I thought she was, this was actually one of her first actually acting roles. Uh, before that, she was a model and like a backup dancer in like fucking Bon Jovi videos. Yeah, um, I, I think she was on the hoe train of that one professional wrestler. Yeah, the hoe train. <laughs> um, I thought she was a decent actress, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, considering how distracting a lot of the bad performances are in uh, a lot of Trek episodes, pretty good. Yeah, and especially compared to Hayne in the same episode here, who was uh, not good, uh, in, in my humble opinion. Very uh, over the top, and he was always making this like stupid face. Um but I, I, I do also just want to note that uh, Beth had an even worse career than, than Denise Crosby, so... Which is a real... Uh, what are you going to do? Low watermark? A real real bar to limbo <laughs> under? Yeah. yeah, right. 
right. Yeah, she was cursed to just play bit roles in like TV and uh, TV movies. Ask me some trivia. And all right, so I'll give you a couple here. Oh, as always, source from memory alpha. Um, this episode was intended as an allegory on. Oh God, let's see. Uh, is this a current event from the time, or is it more? No, no, it's it's general. It's okay. general. Yeah. So there's two. This is like a like a civil war. I'm focusing yeah, not there. not on Yar, but on the uh, the, the warring factions. It's a very inspired choice. Yes. Is this gang You're wars? Yeah, it's gang warfare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this is I'm sorry, an allegory on gang warfare. What? You know, that thing that's not the focus of the episode at all? Not not even is it not the focus. It's barely even shown at all. If at all. I mean, it's not... I mean, you would need, There's nothing visceral about the way these gangs are shown. You would need, like, innocent bystanders to die. Um, sure. That seems like the bigger message on gang warfare, how it as far, impacts communities. As far as we can tell... Yes, as far as we can tell, this planet's entirely peaceful, except for the fact that it's divided, and sometimes these guys fight each other. Or, like, steal alcohol. Yeah, why are they going to shoot up a convenience store? That's right. Uh, okay, so, I don't know if you remember, but um, we had a party after after filming this episode. Well, you know that and, uh, I remember less than 30% of the parties that we've been to. <laughs> well, we had lots of parties, so... Uh, my question is, do you remember what we were celebrating at this party? What milestone we were celebrating? It's possible it's the 100th episode. No, no, no. <laughs> no, because there's like plus 20 in each of the... Yeah, this wouldn't be the 100th episode. Um... Is it the hundredth episode? It's my not the hundredth episode. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Uh, is it uh, the first year anniversary of Gene's death? <laughs> we would be celebrating that, but no, no. Um, gosh, I want. I'm trying to even find just a sensible guess here. Okay, let me let me put it this way. It was a milestone relative to another TV show. Oh, is this the one episode longer than the original series? It is, yeah. Right. That that was a pretty pretty good hint. <laughs> You've officially I, 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 just them. as as someone as someone who doesn't think about the original series at all, I. Uh, I thought maybe that would like squeak by you, like you wouldn't be thinking about it. Well, without that hint, I definitely would not have gotten there. I can't believe there are seventy nine episodes of that show. Yeah, some people count the animated series. Well, it does have a sexy cat girl. That's right. Which, um, much like Dirty Pear. Much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, 
with uh, some amount of trivia success. It's going to close out yet another week of the readier room, this uh, uh, eternal purgatory in which we find ourselves. Mm-hmm. Before we go, I want to shout out our sponsors, Denny's, home of the Grand Slam and Moons Over Miami, and also the Pep Boys, home of the 15-minute oil change. You can go to any of these establishments, say the word readier when uh, completing your order for 15% off. And now, if you go to Denny's online website and type in the code readier, they'll give you 15% off your purchases there. As we all know, Denny's online website, the finest purveyor of Denny's-themed t-shirts and apparel. Also, they sell buttons. And uh, I know that I wouldn't be caught dead without my uh, my other moon is a Miami button affixed to my bag. So um, keep that in mind. I'll leave you guys to your own devices for another week. Don't do anything that we wouldn't do. And until we next meet again, please stay ready. The troublesome little man child. This lowest of species. Thank you, Ensign. Engage. Do you consider yourself superior to us? Should have told him to mind his own damn business. But I stroke the beard thusly. Do I not appear more intellectual? Have you never dreamed of climbing inside the bottle bottle?